0: This is the Fantasy Football Podcast where we take data and convert it into fantasy success. No bias, no hot takes, only victory. This is the Fantasy Alchemist Podcast, and now your host, Dustin Chandry. Welcome to episode 38 of the Fantasy Alchemist podcast. I'm your host, Dustin Chandry. I'm recording Monday evening just ahead of Monday Night Football, and for this episode we will be talking about waiver wire targets ahead of week 11. So we're going to go ahead and jump right in with the number one ad across all position groups this week, and that is going to be Trey McBride, the tight end for the Arizona Cardinals, who is currently owned in only 51% of ESPN Leagues. Now, since Zach Ertz has gone to IR, Trey McBride has had strong and consistent utilization over the last three weeks with three different quarterbacks. Now, two of those three weeks, he had competent quarterback play with Josh Dobbs and then, of course, Kyler Murray last week. In both those games, he resulted in over 20 fantasy points. Now, on Sunday, he had eight receptions on nine targets, 131 yards. He scored over 20 fantasy points with Kyler Murray back at quarterback. On top of that, McBride had a team-high nine targets. He had a 31% target share. He had a 32% target per route run rate, and he had a season-high 14.5 yards per target and 16.3 yards per catch. Now, for the rest of the season, the only players I would rather have straight up at the tight end position are Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, Sam Laporta, Dalton Kincaid, And Dalton Schultz. That would make Trey McBride tight in seven for me for the rest of the season. And again, he is free right now in half of ESPN Leagues. Before we go any further, I want to remind you, you can follow and interact with the show. We are on Twitter. We are at FFAlchemistPod. Again, now verified, we are at FFAlchemistPod. You can also email the show directly, any questions, at FantasyAlchemistPodcast at gmail.com. Now for the wide receiver position, you got two options this week. And interesting enough, both players are owned in 27% of ESPN leagues. Now first, it's going to be Patriots rookie DeMario Douglas. Now I mentioned Douglas last week, and I'm going to mention him again as he's currently only owned in 27% of leagues. He led New England in targets in week 10 with nine total targets. He had a 32% target share, and he had a 28% target per route run rate. He now has three straight games, over 70% snap share, and he has a target volume in his last three games of seven, seven, and nine. And lastly, he has double-digit fantasy points in three of his last four games. Now, the huge question will remain at quarterback, but we do love rookies in the second half of a season that are accelerating their opportunities into production. Now, the other option uh, on the waiver wire this week is going to be Texans' Noah Brown, currently owned in 27% of ESPN leagues. Now, Noah Brown has been in the NFL for 7 years. He has two career games over 100 yards receiving. Those two weeks are week 9, 2023 and week 10, 2023. Those would be the last two weeks of the fantasy football season. Now, of course, it's hard to project what this wide receiver rotation will look like with Collins, Dell, Brown, and Woods all healthy. That has not happened in a single game yet this year. Woods only returned in week 10. He played 60% of snaps. Nico Collins, he was out in week 10. My expectation is that all four of those players will be healthy and available going into next week. But it is hard to ignore back-to-back games of over 24 fantasy points. He has 51 total fantasy points in his last two games. Now, I'm not confident this trend will continue, but there is no other player on the waiver wire at the wide receiver position that has this ceiling like Noah Brown has in his weekly fantasy production. As for the running back position, I'm gonna start with two players that have limited availability, meaning you should double check that those players are not available in your league. First I'm gonna start with Steelers running back, Jalen Warren, currently owned in 69% of ESPN leagues. Now Warren was sensational on Sunday. He still is very much in a timeshare with Najee Harris, but on Sunday he had 19 total opportunities 15 carries plus 4 targets, he had over 100 total yards and a rushing touchdown. And even though Warren is only playing 50% of snaps, he has been over 10 fantasy points in 6 of 9 contests this year. The other option that I would double check is Bears running back Khalil Herbert, currently owned in 67% of ESPN leagues. He was designated to return from IR last week, but the Bears played on Thursday night. My expectation is that Herbert will return to action in week 11. Now remember, Khalil Herbert was playing about two-thirds of snaps from weeks two to five prior to his injury. Now it remains to be seen what he, what he returns to as Deontay Foreman has been excelling quite a bit without him, but I think it's likely that Herbert will, will be a lead back in a committee approach and the Bears running back unit has some decent matchups with the Lions and Vikings on deck prior to their week 13 bye. And then the last option, Devin Singletary, currently owned in 51% of ESPN leagues. Now, I would actually rank Singletary ahead of Herbert if both were available. But with Damian Pierce out the last two weeks, Singletary has played over 75% of snaps, and he has dominated all running back opportunities for the Texans. Now, it didn't produce much fruit in Week 9, but then he overcompensated for that with a 23-point outing in Week 10. He had a career-record 30 carries plus two targets, 160 total yards and a touchdown. Now, if Pierce were to miss week 11 against Arizona, then Singletary can go from waivers into your starting lineup. One additional option that will kind of be bantied about will be Ty Chandler of the Minnesota Vikings, only owned in 3% of ESPN leagues. Now, of course, the Vikings lost Cam Akers two weeks ago for the season due to Achilles tear. And then Alexander Madison left week 10 with a concussion Obviously, it remains to be seen if he can play in week 11, but that seems 50-50 at best right now. Now, that could leave a majority of the backfield work to second-year pro Ty Chandler. Now, he's only played sporadically for the Vikings this year, but Chandler did produce 10 fantasy points, even though he played less than 50% of snaps on Sunday, with Madison exiting before halftime. And then lastly, I'll just continue to mention Tajay Spears and Zach Charbonnet. Spears owned in 33% of leagues, Charbonnet in 31%. Both are seeing more playing time than their backfield fantasy teammate. Spears has seen more snaps played than Derrick Henry. Charbonnet has seen more snaps played than Kenneth Walker the last few weeks. Both Spears and Charbonnet are high-priority stashes in the event that the starter, and I'm using that in quotation marks, given the committee approach both of these backfields have stumbled into in recent weeks. But I'd also rather stash both Spears and Charbonnet over a one-week flyer on a journeyman type like Ty Chandler. And lastly, at the quarterback position, we'll start with one player with a a bit more limited availability, and that'll be Washington Commanders quarterback Sam Howell, currently owned in 73% of leagues. Now, Sam Howell has over 40 pass attempts in six of his last seven games. Howell is now leading the NFL in passing attempts and is in the top five in passing yards and passing touchdowns. And over his last three games... Hal is over 300 passing yards in each of those games. He has eight passing touchdowns, and he is averaging almost 25 fantasy points a game. Now, at this point, you should want Hal rest of season over the likes of Trevor Lawrence, Brock Purdy, and Deshaun Watson. Second quarterback option on the waiver wire will be Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray. He is up to 55% owned in ESPN leagues. Now, Sunday was his first game back from a late season ACL tear last year, and I thought Kyler Murray actually looked pretty good. Now, surprisingly, he showed pre-knee injury mobility both in and out of the pocket, which was important to me. He had 33 rushing yards and he had a rushing touchdown. He scored 18 fantasy points, and I think there's still a lot of upside to be observed. His completion percentage on Sunday was lower than his career average, and for his career, he averages almost two touchdowns a game. He only had the one rushing touchdown on Sunday and yet was close to his career 20-point scoring average. There is still a lot of fantasy fruit. be realized with Kyler murray rest of season and then lastly we have to talk about the exceptional josh dobbs still available in 39 percent of espn leagues now dobbs has three straight games between 23 and 25 fantasy points one of those of course was in arizona the last two as the quarterback in minnesota he has four straight games with a rushing touchdown furthermore since week six josh dobbs has consistently been between six to eight rushing attempts a game Dobbs Dobbs is averaging nine fantasy points a game just from his rushing alone. Similar to what I said with Sam Howe, but I would actually prefer Josh Dobbs' rest of season over the likes of Trevor Lawrence, Brock Purdy, and even Deshaun Watson. So that'll wrap up episode 38. Make sure to like and subscribe. And as a favor, I'd ask that you leave a review. That'll help us in the rankings and let other listeners find the show. We'll be back with two additional episodes this week. We'll do a full recap with key observations and trends from around the league in week 10. And then we will look ahead to week 11 with some recommendations on players you should not be afraid to start. So for Dustin Chandry, signing off here at the Fantasy Alchemist Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Alchemist Podcast. You can follow the pod on Twitter at FFAlchemistPod or email us at FantasyAlchemistPodcast at gmail.com.